welcome to Money Chats with Bounce Financial. I'm your host, Ben Brett. And I am Cara Brett. And if you haven't listened to this podcast before, this is the podcast where we help professional families who are navigating all of life's big financial transitions. So if that sounds like you, be sure to subscribe uh, and give us a five-star rating as it really helps the podcast grow. Uh, if you are looking for more information uh, more often, which I assume you are, check out our Instagram at Bounce Financial where we share a lot of different uh, tips and tricks that we're talking about like we are today. Um, I also want to, uh, and I bring this up every time, before we kick off, I want to highlight that the information provided in this podcast is general in nature. It doesn't take into account your personal circumstances, so you should consider the relevance uh, before you act on it and seek advice before acting. And if you are looking for good financial advisors, we do know a couple. I do know some, yes. Yes, uh, we are financial advisors, surprise, surprise. So if you are looking for financial advisors, please check us out at bouncefinancial.com.au. Cara, what are we talking about today? We are talking about something that comes up for us a fair bit in relation to investment property. Yep. And it's when to sell your investment property. Yes. Which can be a really confusing, scary and daunting idea for most people. And they have no idea when, why, how you should do this. Yes. It's almost like there is so much information out there about buying investment properties, Mm -hmm. but surprisingly very little about when you're meant to sell them. Yeah. And so I think today is going to be good because we're going to talk through a few concepts, timings and different things that suit different people because as we always say, there is no such thing as one size fits all with this. Yes. Um, but I think it's really good just to have that open conversation and talk about different different ideas. Yes. I think I, I hear the, um, the comment from people that you should never sell property. Mm-hmm. Never sell property. It's always going to go up in value, so why sell it? And the reason I guess we talk about selling property is because the point of investments is to make you money and the point of money is to spend it on fun things. Yes. (laughs) Eventually that's the plan, right? Yeah. So it might be very distant in the future, but having a sense of when you want to sell your investment property is actually really helpful for coming up with a good financial plan. Exactly. Hmm. So why don't we talk through a couple of different times, I guess, where we've seen where it's a good opportunity to think about selling your investment property. You down with that? Yeah. Awesome. So the first one I think we're going to touch on is when it's not performing well. Mm. Now, I think there's a bit of a a theory that investment properties always do well and they always go up in value. And that's just not the case. We've seen investment properties do very, very well. And we've seen investment properties do very badly. Yes. Um, So let's talk about that. Let's talk about if you think your investment property is not performing well. Yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of people, like you say, go, well, it's going to go up eventually. Mm. The problem when an investment portfolio isn't necessarily going up in value is property. It's prob- uh, sorry, a property. <laughs> we talk investments all week. It's, uh, uh, it's-, it's my bad. Um, <clears throat> is it's probably costing you money. Mm. So that's one part of it. But it is not a set and forget when it comes to investment property. It is something that should be assessed at least on a yearly basis and then over the long term, don't you think? Yeah, oh, for sure. I think... um you know, we should treat an investment property like we treat any investment. So, you know, you brought up investment portfolios before. You know, we would be looking at what's been the performance over the last year, what's been the performance over the last three years, over the last five years. Um, going through that exercise to do that with your investment property, you do have to estimate some of these things. It's hard to get exact mm. figures, but kind of going, look, is this going up? And if so, how much is it going up? 
over each year to get a sense of how it's performing. Exactly. The other thing is to... These properties can go up in value a lot in a year, but they can also stay stagnant for a little bit. So that's why it's really good to look at the longer term performance as well. Yes. Because I've definitely heard this and you've heard this before. It's like property doubles every 10 years. Mm. Not true, but there might be periods of time where it increases a lot more in value and somewhere it sort of stays the same. And that's okay as well. Yes. Which is why you need to look back one, three, five years, that kind of thing. Another useful exercise I find is thinking about property as a whole and how it's performed compared to that. So you've mentioned that sometimes property can be stagnant, doesn't feel like it's going up, but understanding is it just your property or just the area it's in that's Mm. not going up? Are there other pockets where it's going up? Because even, you know, if other areas are going up and your area is not going up, we really need to start having those conversations of are we missing opportunities in other places Mm -hmm. if we're investing in a property that's not performing as well? Mm -hmm. Obviously things work in cycles, there's a lot of grey area to this, but we've just got to be thinking about this yeah exactly and like we said not all property is going to go up so assessing your individual one super important um I might just touch on the concept of negative gearing here just for a quick second. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's something that comes up specifically with investment property so much. And it's the idea that, well, if your investment property is making a loss, you're going to get some tax advantages for doing so, right? Mm. Um, now, yes, <laughs> that is true. But as a general rule, we do not like investing for the sake of getting tax benefits because it means you're just making a loss. And we want investments to make money. Yes, that's that's the goal of investments (laughs) is to make money. Um, If your goal is to lose money, then perhaps maybe you need to revisit that uh, that thought process. And the reason that I bring this up is that there might be, you know, scenarios or short periods of time where um, you are negatively geared in that property and it might be okay. But if you are making a loss year on year on year on year for many years, it's going to be pretty hard for you to justify retaining an investment that is just going basically down. Exactly. I guess another thing I'd like to add um, that I've seen um, is a lot of time when people invest in investment properties, they have a hypothesis. They have, say, a theory that, okay, I'm going to buy in this area because this particular thing is going to be built in this area or, you know, there's going to be bleed over from other suburbs that are more desirable into this area. Or for example, the Olympics are going to come to Brisbane. So therefore... (laughs) The reason I laugh at that one is every single person I've spoken to about property has brought that up, has brought up, well, the Olympics are coming to Brisbane, so therefore property is going to go up. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a good theory. Maybe that's actually true. Um, But it's important not to just say that and then just assume that's what's going to happen. It's important to revisit that each year and kind of go, okay, well, what was my original hypothesis? That once this train station is built, this area will go up in value. Is it going up as much as I thought. Is it not? Why is it not? Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I mean, it just comes down to just being sensible like you would with any investment. It's just treating it impassionately and kind of going, well, is it performing well? Can I get better elsewhere? And do I need to consider changing, I guess, the way I go about it? Yeah, exactly. And I think we've definitely seen this with clients, but don't be afraid. There is no such shame in cutting your losses. Yes. Um, we have seen people hold investment properties for over 10 years and, and lost money. Yes. Um, but you don't want to throw another 10 years at something that's continuing to lose money when your money could be better invested elsewhere, right? Yeah. And it might be another investment property, but a completely different one. Yeah. The key with any good investment is reviewing it regularly because sometimes investments make losses. That's just how investments mm-hmm. can work. Um, and the sooner you identify that, 
uh, and take action, the, the more you limit that loss and the more you can just move to, to an investment that is performing well. So Exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we've sort of talked about when it's not performing well. Um, what are some other times when you would think about selling an investment property? Well, probably the next one would be when you want to actually free up the capital. Yes. Have have the actual cash. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you explain that a little bit more, just, just in case people are a little confused by what you mean by free up the capital? Well, the concept of investing, and we've talked about this before, is usually based on, you know, a goal. Yep. But at some stage, you are going to want to spend the money that you're investing. Yeah. Now, when it comes to an investment property, one of my favorite things to say is is that you can't sell a bedroom when you need access to the money. So you're going to have to sell the whole thing. But the idea of just keeping an investment property in perpetuity for an ever and ever means you never get to sell that. You never get to buy the things you want to buy. You never get to spend it on what it is you want to spend it on. So we're going to have to sell it at some stage to get the money to buy the things, right? Exactly. <laughs> and whatever the things are. What, what, I guess, what would you say to someone if they're like, well, I'm, can't I just live off the rent? Like, can't I just use the rent mm. rather than selling the property? Why, why would I sell it when I'm getting rent? Yeah, and that's a really valid question. You know, the concept of having an investment property is usually dead on it, but eventually you're going to pay off that loan and then there'll be rental income. Now, the average house might give you rental income of, let's say, $500 to $1,000 a week, which is not too bad. But then, (laughs) what do our clients spend on average per year? So our average family spend between about $120,000 to $160,000 a year. Correct. Now, if we wanted to completely supplement our lifestyle expenses with rental income, that's about $3,000 per week. Yes, after tax of rental income that's required. Yes. In order to achieve that, most people are going to need more than one investment property. Yes. Um, Meaning that even if you have an investment property paid off and it's providing you income, it's not going to be able to substitute your whole lifestyle costs just with that one property. Yeah. Or even two properties in most circumstances. Yeah. And so for most people, I guess we see, you know, they just don't have enough paid off property to live on the rent. They do need to eat into the capital. And and that's a good thing. I think if you're trying to preserve so much capital you have to ask yourself why why not live off that money mm-hmm. earlier and maybe work a little less so um, yeah okay that makes sense um, what about if you wanted to gift it to your kids what's what's the plan there yeah I mean some people do have an investment property with the concept of giving it to your children yeah the chances are they're going to need to sell it, though, for themselves, aren't they? <laughs> like, you might have an investment property that they don't want to live in, yes. that they don't really want to keep because they want to put the money towards their own lifestyle expenses. Um, the idea that you sell it to be able to use some of the funds to gift on to them, to live off, is a, is a totally okay idea. Yes. Um, I think people have it in their mind that they've just got to keep the property for as long as possible, pass it on to their children. It's not always the case. Yes. I, I think it seems nice, the idea of gifting property. It's like, well, I've given you a house, but it sort of ignores, I guess, the way the world works. Like your, your child might want to live overseas for their career or they might want to live interstate or that suburb just doesn't even suit where they, you know, mm. where they, their friends are or, or family or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're ever going to turn their nose up at just cold, hard cash. That's pretty no, useful I stuff. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, I, I guess one additional thing I would add to this um, is a lot of the time, you know, I talk to people and like, well, I want to free up some cash and we don't need it immediately 
immediately, but we're going to need it eventually. And I think they're kind of asking the question of, well, should we sell now or should we wait? Because, you know, property is potentially going up. So what do we do? Um, And I think this is a hard conversation to have because there's no right answer here. No. No. I mean, we can't predict the markets, whether it's share markets, property markets, nobody knows. But if you know that you're probably going to want access to the capital in a couple of years, and right now it's a good time in the market to sell, you may choose to do so. If you believe that there could be a concept that maybe it goes down in value a little bit, because it, because it can. Yes. You know, property can go down in value over periods of time. It can and does, yes. Um then you might want to take the plunge earlier, just knowing that you've got access to it now. Yeah. I like the idea of accepting the fact that we don't really know what the future's going to hold. So we kind of just need to run our own race and kind of say, do I have enough money for what I want to achieve? If so, maybe now is a good time to get rid of it. Um, if you don't, then perhaps now's the time to hang on to it. Mm. It's, um, yeah, I think you can get a bit caught up in this this market and, and market cycles. Um, awesome. Okay, so another, another one that comes up for me uh, is a lot of clients will be coming up to retirement, they'll have debt, say, on their home loan, um, like their mortgage that they live in, mm-hmm. um, and they'll potentially want to sell their investment property to pay out their home loan. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, a really good reason to do so, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to enter retirement with a home loan anymore. Yep. And to be honest, I never want anybody to enter retirement with a home loan because it's just, you know, a year of costs that you don't need. Yep. So the idea that you could potentially sell your investment property, put it on your home loan, is a really good one. Yes. Um, Ideally, before you retire too. (laughs) But I guess we need to bring up tax. Correct. So when you sell an investment property, you usually have to pay capital gains tax, Mm -hmm. um, which is the tax on the increase in value. Now, your capital gains tax can be higher if it's in a year where you've earned other income. You may be at a higher tax rate, so therefore you're going to have to pay tax. So sometimes making strategic decisions around when you cease work Mm -hmm. and when you sell these properties can actually have a really big difference to your outcome. Correct. Tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars, perhaps. Correct. Yes. Um, Timing around when that happens, end of financial year and earnings and things like that can really come into play in terms of strategies around those kind of things. Yes. Hmm. Another thing, I guess, to think about is um, once you sell your investment property, you may have excess cash around. So say you pay off your home loan, um, you've got excess money, you need a plan of what you're going to do with that money because Mm -hmm. it's not always really obvious what you can do with it. Yep. Um, and we'll touch on this in a second, but superannuation is a place where a lot of people think, okay, well, maybe I could put it in super. But it's important to remember that there are limits on how much you can put into super each year. Yeah. Um, so this is where it starts to get really, really complex. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of touching on this pre-retirement thing, which will play into this. But if you've got things like investment properties and um, superannuation and you're five years out to retirement, you really need to start thinking strategically about what you're doing with all of these assets tax and why but that's a that's a podcast for another day (laughs) (laughs) um okay cool well why don't we why don't we get into retirement why don't we talk a little bit because i guess for a lot of people if they are selling their investment properties they are thinking about retiring it's very rare that you're Mm. selling it when you're particularly young Mm. um so let's talk about that yeah i one thing that i have heard from a lot of people in the past is that their investment properties are 
their retirement strategy. Yes. Um, and I, you know what? I'm glad that they've thought about it and there's some there's some forethought in terms of preparing for retirement. But there's a big, glaringly obvious issue with that. Yes. And that is that all of your investment properties, all of your investments that you hold will still be taxable once you've retired. But if you had them in a superannuation fund instead, there would be zero tax. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's one thing people don't like to pay, it's tax. And that's one of the hugest benefits around superannuation generally, is that once you retire, there's no tax. I think when it comes to investments generally, people ignore tax quite a lot. And arguably, tax is the bigger thing. Like, mm. <laughs> investment returns are very important, don't get me wrong, but if you get your tax wrong, mm. um, it can wipe out your investment returns immediately and, and then some. Yeah, and I've had people who retire who have a lot of you know property and all of a sudden they're paying tax bills every year in retirement. Mm. Nobody wants to do that. No. And I think as, as I touched on before, there are limits on how much you can put into superannuation. It, it's limited each year. So say for example, you come up to retirement, you've got three properties and you start selling them off, you will be limited on how much you can put into mm-hmm. super, mm-hmm. Um, which kind of just leaves this big gaping hole of what are you gonna do with this money? So yeah. Um, yeah. Hence being strategic about it. But I guess one of the one of the points that you're sort of saying is that when you do eventually sell investment properties yes. and free up the capital and whether that's to pay down some of your home loan, it could be to put some in super, you can actually invest the money in other places. There are options available for you. Indeed. Awesome. Okay, well, I think that was a pretty quick one today, but I just, I think we really wanted to sort of touch on there are times when you're going to sell your investment property. Mm -hmm. And it may be the case that that is pretty far in the future, but knowing right now what your plan is, at least it can change, but knowing what you're planning to do can help you be a little bit more strategic in how you approach these things. Yeah. And I might just add a bit of a caveat is that we also don't want to buy and sell investment properties too quickly either, Mm. Um, because there's obviously associated taxes and costs around that. So you kind of really do need to consider when to buy, when to sell, how long to hold for, all yes. that sort of stuff. Do you have a time frame of how long you think uh, you should hold a property before selling it? From my perspective, it's usually ideally about 10 years. Having said that, if you buy an investment property that is not you know, performing well, then yes. I would definitely be recommending selling earlier. But given the costs associated with acquiring such a high asset, you know, the, um, the tax, what's the tax called that we pay? Stamp yeah. duty. Yes. The stamp duty associated, et cetera. We want to make sure we're holding it for a long period of time, which is why buying the right investment property the first time around is usually the key here. Yes. Yeah. There are various taxes throughout this entire process. Mm. So having a plan on how you're going to manage all of them, I think is really, really valuable. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll let you go. Um, but if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. We are always excited about talking about all things retirement, buying investment properties, Property, selling investment properties, doing think renovations not on paying tax, <laughs> <laughs> not paying excess tax. <laughs> um, but please reach out. We always want to chat about it and uh, have a great day, everyone. See you later. All right, bye.